Welcome. I hope you enjoy the conversation you're about to see between me and another comedian about religion and comedy. These are conversations I'm calling Disorganized Religion. God bless. And for those atheists out there, may nothing await you after this life. All right. Hey, nerds. Uh, welcome. Welcome to another episode of Disorganized Religion. I am your host, Seth Lawrence, as always. And this episode, I am joined by not one, but two. Two fantastic comics, Drew Schaefer and Aurora Singh. Thank you both so much for being here. Yeah, thank you for having us. We're excited. Yeah, absolutely. Well, good, good. I'm excited too. I admittedly do not know you as well, Drew. I knew I know Aurora through Travis, uh, Travis Grossi, <laughs> uh, through Travis, but I, I have not yet really got to uh you know i haven't had the pleasure of booking drew on any of the shows that i've done in the past um so i'm excited to get to know you a little bit better through this experience uh and aurora i don't really know obviously personally i know her comedy a little bit better because she came and performed at one of the one of the cleanup shows that i that i was doing back in the before times so this is going to be fun for me to get that was back in 2019 that's so weird I know forever ago. How long, how long has this last year felt for both of you? Um, as newlyweds, as comedians, uh, yeah, just terribly long. <laughs> yeah. I forgot what comedy is. Like I literally, <laughs> I watch comedy now and I'm like, is that what you're supposed to do? I don't yeah. remember. Yeah. Oh it's, my gosh. It's been the longest year of my life. Yeah. When did you two get married? Did you get married right before the pandemic or during the pandemic? Yeah. February 16th, 2020. So honeymoon, was there a honeymoon? Yeah. So we were planning. Yeah. We went on a two week honeymoon. Um, We were planning on going on a short mini moon and then booking a trip, like a bigger trip later because the wedding was a lot of money, like, you know, weddings and honeymoons, all that stuff is a lot. So we're like, oh, let's spread it out. And then eventually I, I was like, let's just do it all at one time. Thank God. I, I decided yeah. to just say, let's do it all together back to back because we got when our last day that we were in Ireland was, um, or the second to last day we were in Ireland was the day Italy had seven deaths of COVID and shut down and Italy shut down. And yeah. so we got back and it was literally a week later and the school district shut down like everything. I was like, I was so happy we got it in. Like, I feel terrible people are dying, but. Yeah. And I mean, we had friends who right. had weddings like planned in the middle of the pandemic and they all lost deposits or had to go from 200 people to. Or a they're not together anymore. Yeah. Oh, really? Have they, you, you know, people who called off weddings. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what a blessing this yeah. then has been. Yeah right yeah yeah we've been stuck together so it's like even if I wanted to stray it's like where would I go yeah there's nowhere to go same same. yeah yeah well and it's like if I'm gonna risk my life or the life of of old elderly loved ones to get out of this it's definitely not where I should be yeah exactly so holy smokes (laughs) February of 2020 (laughs) you guys got married we were, we were the last like, big event. Yeah. Yeah. We were the yeah, last big event like for everybody. God, 
almost like God cast judgment on your union. <laughs> <laughs> We're so sorry. We actually want to come out with a public apology to everybody um, for getting married because clearly this pandemic is about us and our yeah. union and yeah. we're well, the reason it happened. I think you should be the next couple that Oprah interviews, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, it's like That's similar pretty, vibes. Yeah. yeah, similar, yeah, similar right? situation. Yeah. yeah. I don't talk to some of my family anymore because of how they <laughs> treated like, her. So are they, yeah. are, are they worried about how brown your kids are going to be? Without saying it, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my God, we are. Oh my God. Stop being like Oprah. Little, yeah. And we are literally like, like, yeah, without <laughs> saying it, you know, you can draw yeah. the conclusions. Yeah. I I love that this interview is almost <laughs> the polar opposite of the Oprah <laughs> and Royals interview. <laughs> you know, one is like the the pinnacle of femininity. I am far from the pinnacle of masculinity. <laughs> uh, that's great. That's so funny. Oh my gosh! So, how long had you two known each other before getting married? Uh, we uh, met in 2014. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, wow. five and a half years before we got married. So yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> I thought it was six and a half. No, are you sure? It's six and a half now. No, six and a half. She's not good at math. I'm the, oh, the math. No, man. it was five and a half. Yeah. He's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Well, yeah, five good. and a half years, and of, yeah, yeah. It's a long and time. Were you both? doing comedy doing stand-up by the time you'd met each other or when had you each started doing stand-up so drew started a year before i did mm. and the sc- the story goes like this uh i went to go i, I wasn't doing stand-up really in entertainment never did it met a comedian who i thought was super hot I was like totally into him and he, and I was like, Oh my God, like, how do you get started in this? Like, it just seems like so much fun. Like I'm just trying to bone, you know, like that's (laughs) sure. And And that was Travis. That was, (laughs) and then I was like, Oh no, he's gay. Yikes. (laughs) I just love that. I met Travis. And my first thought was, why is this guy flirting with Aurora? Like I was so (laughs) jealous because I didn't right away. Like, that's he just great. seems so charming and he told me that and i was sure. like drew travis loves dick like he is so gay and that's what travis told me i didn't i was like no this is he's a gay man like you have nothing more about but right. no i met i right. met this hot comedian and then i went to an open mic that he invited me to and then i met drew there <laughs> wow amazing yeah, yeah plot twist yeah she settled right. for me she went from hot comedian who was like one of the most influential TikTokers when it first came out. Oh. And now yeah, she's with me. He's doing pretty well. He's yeah. doing pretty well. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> I mean, but but Drew is funnier, clearly. Um, They're funny in different ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're funny in different ways. Yeah. Um, All funny right. Uh, we, need to, yeah. we need to change topic. Uh, change topic very quickly. Uh, so your brown kids, are you excited? Or uh, how do you feel? <laughs> I'm so ready to have kids. Uh, aurora needs to wait like she's like i'm just bored and need a job that's what it is yeah. or a pet do you have any pets some yeah we have place you have a pet and it's not good enough i it's not filling the void i agree i mean people who talk about their pets as kids i think should stab themselves it's not i mean we do see he's our son <laughs> yeah. but well i would you should stab yourself <laughs> <laughs> no, what kind of pet do you have a dog yeah a little chihuahua Oh, adorable. Is this a moment where we bring him on? Because we can. If you want. 
Okay. If you want, let's let's meet him. Let's meet the Chihuahua. It's the ultimate Zoom call thing. Is somebody yeah. brings their pet out at some oh, point? That's perfect. I hope no oh, one noticed that I wasn't wearing cute. a bra. Oh, good boy. <laughs> look how cute he is. Look at this is Taz. Oh, Taz. He's like, he's like 14 years old. Oh wow. And he was taking a little nap when I interrupted. <laughs> he does not look pleased. No. Uh-huh. I got him from a pound because um, he was the only dog not barking and he looked scared and I was like, oh my God, same. And so I took him. <laughs> that's how I feel. Yeah. Oh, that's adorable. All right. So Drew, so so Taz came with Aurora, essentially. Yes. It was a package deal. You, yes. you started dating a single mom is what you did. Yeah. I mean, so the thing, like the thing that really... <laughs> drew my attention to Aurora was she told this joke about how when Taz poops, he always turns to make direct eye contact no matter where she's standing. Wow. And it's a she, sweet, like intimate moment yeah. that only him and I <laughs> sure. ever share. So yeah, sure. And then she dropped the mic between her legs very slowly, like a soft serve ice cream machine. And I was like, I'm into this girl because she committed. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. Oh, as mimicking the poop. Yeah, right. I'm making the poop. She was like, "Yeah, and this is how he poops," and I was like, "Wow!" And then I pretend like the the cord of the mic is um, a hair that he ate, and it's like <laughs> oh. now swinging. Wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, she committed that's to the graphic. So, yeah. ladies, if you guys want some tips on how to get a man and get married and lock him down, all you got to do <laughs> is just commit to being funny yeah. and don't right. don't have to joke. If you're gonna tell yeah. a joke, tell a joke. Yeah, right, right. Clearly clearly now how for those who have not seen either of you perform how would you each describe let's maybe have you each describe the other's comedy i find it a little bit difficult to, to describe like my own <laughs> don't look at me like that like Excuse all scared <laughs> so so drew you said you know you were drawn to aurora's sort of physicality in her yeah. jokes um how else would you describe her comedy for those who have not seen aurora perform also that was my first set ever that he's yeah. saying he, he's talking yeah. about so that was uh i guess 2014 yes yeah, so, six, six and a half, six years, and a half ago. years ago that yeah. i did that wow. so yeah what is it now what is yeah, <laughs> um, yeah what's, the what's same? Her, i don't what's her comedy become um so Aurora's like a storyteller so she has all these stories from her life she's led a very interesting unique life and she can tell it in a relatable, charismatic way. Like she's not going out of her way to make like a silly punchline. She's not making puns. She's just telling her life story in such a funny, engaging way that you're like, I'm along for the ride. Where's this going to go? Okay, this is right. hilarious. Right. Oh, gosh. Right. That's good. I mean, that and, makes and me for, sound good. For that, for that, though, for that level of incorporating what you have to work with on stage, for a first set to be incorporating the mic in in an act out yeah i mean that's that's pretty advanced stuff i yeah. i struggle figuring out how can i use the <laughs> mic stand in a way that's not a mic stand or a phallus right what is exactly. a clever way to do it so <laughs> props I, I totally understand why drew was drawn to you Thank uh you. all right aurora it's your turn how how are you, how would you describe drew's comedy when Drew is completely himself on stage, 100% himself, he uh-huh. is very quirky, nerdy, but very like overly confident in his unsureness. 
Interesting. And his awkwardness. Like he's like very, cause he's a very intelligent person. Yeah. But he's really not street smart and doesn't really get like social cue. Like he's, he's like kind of distant when it comes to like social cues and like social norms. So uh-huh. he's so awkward, but he's so confident in his facts. So the two and two just melt together on stage in this hilarious, like confidently awkward comedian who has clever jokes. They're super witty, but they're said with like a smile on his face at all times. So you can't help but laugh and like enjoy yourself when you're watching him. Aww. I love that. That's great. The, the <laughs> other thing that I love is you immediately started with a bit of a veiled a, a bit of a veiled criticism so what <laughs> what what prevents drew from being himself how do you know he's not being himself on stage because sometimes okay so drew will um overthink things a lot like all the time and sometimes when we have sets with like really big names or like heavy hit hitting comedians or if he hasn't done it in a while he'll be like okay how do I be funny okay punchline witty this is a joke this yeah. is a joke this is a joke <laughs> but then the times where Drew is miserable and he's like it all I'm gonna go up there like nothing matters I'm quitting after this set I don't I don't care he'll go up there and he's so himself that it's just like there, there's nothing holding him back so he's just like funny and he's not trying He's like yeah. himself because one of the things that drew, drew me to Drew, drew me to Drew, <laughs> <laughs> funny, um, was that he's like very funny and like witty and creative and, and awkward on his own. So when he's angry and he goes up on stage, it's like perfect. Yeah. Gotcha. Interesting. Yeah. So what motivates that for, you know, on the inside, Drew, as, mm-hmm. as part of the, the creator of your own comedy? What, what do you, I guess really the question is for both of you, We'll transition over to Aurora in a second because we all try to find our voice on stage. So I feel like what we're talking about is Drew actually tapping into that voice, which, you know, I think we all sort of struggle with from time to time. Totally. Uh, So what gets you into that zone? What gets you into that apparently miserable, just perfect place for the Drew comedy? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. What does what does it? Because it's interesting. Because like my perspective on it is that I grew up so sheltered, like my mom extremely agoraphobic. Stay home, never go outside, never hang out with friends. Like, so I don't know any social stuff. So I'll like super religious. So she super religious. So he was like just with all church kids all the time, praising praising the Lord. Yeah, I mean that sounds beautiful. Yeah, yeah. It was it was very awkward because now like trying to be a cool grown up and like trying to be a comedian <laughs> where everybody does drugs and like partied sure. like I didn't party till my till we met no, just yeah, my that. super senior year my super senior year in college yeah so basically right before uh-huh. we met yeah so like wow. I'm just I miss everything where like I did a show on New Year's Day and it was like there was this situation where a guy parked in the wrong spot he was blocking somebody's driveway and it was this whole big thing and I was just sort of like oh so you're the guy who parked in somebody's driveway and he's like yeah and I was like oh that's cool and I was like ready to just like, move why on did you just like, like he doesn't understand like the social like yeah he, it's like oh you're kind of a jerk yeah. yeah like yeah my crowd work is just awkward like not knowing how to interact with other humans and trying sure. for a split second and then something weird will happen and so it's the same when I get like in a zone where I'm like I'm very angry I'm gonna start talking about it oh, people are laughing. Why are they laughing at my anger? This makes me more angry. And then it just goes crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it goes oh, it's insane. like 
it's like really your voice is the guy that is trying to communicate sincerely but no one takes seriously and that drives you crazy and yeah. I, I think it's the overbite too. Cause like, everybody's like, oh, you smile all the time. I'm like, no, it's just my teeth. I just can't. <laughs> Interesting. So I'm like that's trying funny. to be angry and it looks like this. So people yeah. are like, oh, he's silly. He's not oh, actually angry. That's adorable. Angry. Like, I mean, isn't that I, adorable? It is adorable. And some of it might be this religious background. I don't feel like I can be quite as, you know, sinister or blue and be believable as that either. So it might just be, you know, that yeah. those are kind of the cards were dealt. Which I think that's like, because I grew up super religious too. And I just was talking to another comedian the other day and they were like, oh, do you have a clean set? And I was like, you know, I actually don't really <laughs> like curse because they asked me if I cursed in my set. And I was like, I don't know. I don't really curse. And I think that's from my religious background because I'm just like yeah. scared to do it in front of a lot of people. I'll do it every once in a while, but yeah, it's just different. Like there's yeah. some things that just hold you back still on stage. But I think that could it's kind of a superpower because if you are a little bit more clean and you're just like clever and funny or like completely yourself, then you get more shows and get more opportunities because you're not just going out there being like, my dick is huge. Because <laughs> <laughs> right. no, that's how I started in comedy by being like, my dick is huge. And then someone was like, go a little deeper. And I was like, all right, I'll try better. <laughs> of course yeah, yeah yeah i think there is a lot of versatility i kind of look at being a clean comic or trying to work on clean material versus just being you know dirty or un you know unfiltered uh it's sort of like the light side and the dark side of the force yeah one you might excel really quickly into the club scene and the other takes some time but ultimately more powerful that's true yeah oh that was good that's I was actually sort of thinking about that, that today wise. too. I was thinking about that because I was like, I'm a clean comedian and I like I get this like weird feeling at open mics where the comedians are so blue. I'm like, you're you're pigeonholing yourself. You'll never be able to work at clubs. And I'm like, mm. well, I'm not really working at clubs either. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see what Maybe. happens. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, they might actually pass me. They might get there first. I mean, they might, but, you know, they're not going to be the ones that get corporate gigs and people kind of poo-poo corporate gigs. But as far as, you know, making money, that's that's really the best way to go. Corporate cruises. If you're trying to to quit your day job to be a comedian, like you want those. That's how you do it. You can make so much money from it. So what do you think? Do you think it's easier to... I mean, I don't know. I guess this is a loaded question. So I'll just say what I think about it. I feel like you can always work bluer, but it's a lot more difficult to edit on stage in a clean scenario. You know what I mean? If you're used to working blue, it's you ingrain certain jokes and it becomes difficult to be like, oh, I actually should tell that one in a different way. Instead oh, to of like change fired. it from yeah. blue to, yeah. Right, I, right. Yeah, I know. I, I agree with that. I did a, a gig at a relay for life i don't know if you've ever heard of that it's basically i I can kind of put together what that means but i have not heard of that (laughs) okay yeah so it's the american cancer society basically because you can tell the relay for life yep uh descriptive if if you're like (laughs) relay for life it's where people skydive (laughs) i feel like i have never heard of that what is that So yeah, 24 hour event, you walk around a track all night, you raise money different ways, and it all goes to American Cancer Society. 
So one of my, like maybe two or three years into doing stand-up comedy, the person who put it together was like, Drew, you do stand-up comedy? Do you want to do a spot at 2 a.m.? And I was like, 2 a.m., perfect. All the kids will be asleep. Sweet. And or literally- up, Or up again. <laughs> I didn't think, yeah. I didn't even think about it. So yeah, she's like, okay, now Drew's going to take the stage. And then she literally is like, and kids come up front. Cause we're about to do the costume contest. So she sets all the kids in costumes <laughs> right in front of me. 2am. 2am. Yeah. There's a party wow. out there trying to yeah. save cancer. They're like, no one sleeps. Yeah. Cancer doesn't sleep. So yeah. neither do we. Yeah. And it was the <laughs> I worst. I just made that up, but that was, that was really good. good. You should use that. That, is should really, that should be their tagline. Yeah. But that was great. That okay. Was, that was amazing. <laughs> I'm impressed. Yeah, that was a bad set. That's but, <laughs> yeah, but that's tough. I just basically it was like all setups. Like I would start telling the joke and then realize it was gonna end with in like a innuendo or like a <laughs> sex joke. And like pretty much every joke was just set up. Uh, oh yeah, there's kids here. And so it was just miserable right. for 10 right. minutes, I think. It was just all setups and like two jokes. Ugh. Yeah, but I mean they should have warned you. You know, That's, I mean, at least I guess now, you town. know, every time just feel like, okay, will there be kids aware yeah. and present? Yeah. yeah. I also feel like if it's a normal show and then you show up and they're like at comedy club or something, they're like, oh, it needs to be PG. I would be like, but it's a comedy show. Like they should just know that they're bringing their kids to a comedy show. Obviously right. I'm going to respect the rules, but I'm like, right. uh, I'm still going to, if, if the kids aren't going to get the sexual innuendos, I'm going to say them. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's like right over their cartoon, head. right? Yeah. 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 They're not going to know. Really? And if they so, do know, if they learn good yeah. for them. <laughs> right. Why not? Why not have education at 2am? <laughs> There's nothing like a forced sex ed class at 2am in a they costume. Could- they could use it out there, honestly. Yeah, That's they a, really could. Yeah. It's a good place. Right. No, it's true. I mean, they're already learning about cancer. If they're going to learn about death, they might as well learn about life. There you go. That's actually, yeah, that's true. That's another good, that's it. They should be using these. Like, they should, yeah. We should send it. Drew, send this episode to them. Yeah. Here's some marketing on the house. <laughs> Not on the house. It's a pandemic. I need to check. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. ah, we'll take any form, PayPal, yep. Venmo. Thank uh, you. What about for you, Aurora? What what has been kind of your, you know, your cataclysmic moment, or what mindset do you need to get into to be, to be your funny persona self on stage? Um, oh God, I have no idea. I feel like I just, I don't know. I've never thought about that because I feel like I go on stage. And I am pretty much myself like all the time now. Like I, I haven't really had that moment on stage in the past couple of years where I've like been on stage and felt uncomfortable or awkward or out of my head mm. or like in my head in a bad way, I guess. Right. I guess I right. just need a microphone and some lights. <laughs> and an audience. Uh, one or I two mean, people to an listen. audience would be great, but you know, <laughs> but you know how it is. <laughs> Sometimes it's a yeah. Yes, I do. I do know how it is. Uh, that's great. That's great. Sweet. Yeah. So, so what drew both of you to comedy? Why, why stand up for each of you? Um, well, mine was a hot guy. Right. Mine oh, too. yes, that's right. Of course. Yeah. So did you go? <laughs> did you go to this open mic 
knowing this guy was a comic and that you wanted to do a set to impress him that yes. that was the plan from day one absolutely yeah wow. so I've been a fan of comedy always like my first when I turned 18 one of the first things I wanted to do was go to a comedy show on my own at the Sacramento Punchline and wow. I saw Joe Coy and I just was like a huge fan of him before and I saw he's coming through town so I was like yeah doing that a month after my 18th birthday got, got tickets I was super excited so I'd always been a fan and then I've always wanted to be in entertainment, but my mom is an immigrant. So there's no way you can be happy or successful if you do anything else, but be a doctor, a lawyer, or a teacher. Yep. So I right. was never allowed to pursue it, but my, this, so when I met this hot comedian, I was forced to go to his show and I was graduating college really, really soon. And I was like, okay, well, it's a stage and a microphone and it's entertaining. So like, and he's hot. It doesn't hurt to just go do it. I mean, I'm almost sure. done with college. And like, if something, for some reason this pops, you know, like, I don't know if this is anybody else. I feel like this is a lot of people. They were like, I'm going to get on stage and then there, someone's going to see me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I still think that <laughs> I'm still hoping for that day. I am too. But like, for, you know, when you're, you're so hopeful in the beginning, you're like, this is sure. it. Like, I'm going to go on. It's going to be like a movie. They're going to be like, listen to this. And it's going <laughs> to, like they're gonna listen to my poop joke about my chihuahua and they're gonna be like, get her on Netflix. This is crazy that she's not. So right, I thought, right. you know, I was like, I'm almost done with college. If something pops off, then this is a good time. <laughs> and and what were you studying in college? Were you doing pre-med, pre-law? What were you doing? I was pre-med, yeah. <laughs> I was pre-med. Nice. And I nice. graduated with that, but like ugh, it's community health sciences. But I'm just like, I saw I don't even use my degree right now. Like I don't sure. know what I'm doing, of course. <laughs> But that's how I got into it. And that's why I, I loved it. And I hit the, when I, when I hit the stage the first time I felt really comfortable and I like just wanted to keep doing it. And then I was asked to do some shows and I just, it kind of just went from there. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. What about you, Drew? (laughs) Mine's such a long story. I'll, I'll try to shorten it. I was, I was thinking the whole time. Um, so (laughs) you're welcome. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Thank you for going first. That's great. That's great. Um, so I tried out for the third grade talent show. As oh, a wow. This comedian. is a long story. Yeah. You were 30 years old. Let's third speed it grade. up. <laughs> third grade. <laughs> I remember trying out. I was the only kid they didn't let into the actual talent show. They had like the tryouts. And then I was literally the only one who got cut. I was like, what? Why did we have you tryouts? Were doing stand-up? I was doing stand up. Oh, and like, That's I was so just, sad. yeah, I they looking cut back you the jokes, from a yeah. third grade talent show. Yeah, and the winners did a dance to NSYNC's Bye Bye Bye. So, like, the level, wow. there was no kids, like, doing grand piano playing. It was literally, like, lip-syncing, dancing. But I did stand-up comedy. They said no. And then I just continued the rest of my life. I ignored their advice and kept being the funny I feel like that's, kid. like, a, a glimpse into our fu- future with our children. <laughs> yeah, and of course I gotta it tell, is. And if I, I got to tell you, if we have kids in the future and they want to do stand-up, I'm going to smack them in the face and I'm going to go, don't you dare. Don't really? you dare try You don't want them doing stand-up? Why not? No, it's so hard. It's it's <laughs> such a long road and there's so many ups and downs. I just want them to have stability and find something. Like, I just want them to have a regular paycheck and then, <laughs> you know, live to go out on the weekends. Like, just be, live a normal life. I mean, I feel like you're your mom right now. I know. And yeah. I just, <laughs> Wow. Something I've come to terms with. I literally told her that earlier and she was like, don't ever say that. I was like, it's twice in one day. Oh my gosh. I mean, but okay. So, 
I want to I want to hear the rest of Drew's yeah. story, yeah. and then I want to circle back to this idea of people in career paths that they <laughs> hate. Apparently, I mean, you can leave yeah. at any time, Aurora. Anyway, yeah, all right, Drew. <laughs> all right, Drew. So why why else? Why else? So yeah, I just was like the theater kid. Went to nationals and debate. Like anything that I could be being funny doing, I was. And then um, the sad part of the story, if there's sad music, play it on your phones, everybody. Um, my brother actually passed away from cancer. That's why I do the Relay for Life. And gotcha. he had like a bucket list. And one of them was like a poker night thing. And we went to a casino in Reno. We were doing the poker night. And then one of my buddies was like, hey, I got to go. I actually, there's an open mic comedy show I'm going to. And I was like, I'm going to do that next week. And oh, I just okay. I, I thought you were gonna be like was on your brother's actually, checklist, right? Or it was list. sort of yeah, like my brother was always funny, I was always funny, and so like he yeah. was like a very like one-liner pun type person. And they wrote a couple jokes together. Yeah. Oh, no kidding. Wow. Yeah, you forgot the best part of the story. I, I always <laughs> I don't know which parts are the best. Yeah, so <laughs> that's a good part. Yeah, so that he is a good part. He got to come to the first one, but he was like super weak. We like basically radiation, chemo, all the stuff yeah. like stopped working. So he came to the first one, but he was so tired. It was one of those like starts at 10.30 p.m., goes to 1 a.m. So he was like asleep, but he got to see my first time. And then after that, he passed away like two weeks later. So, oh, my gosh. Yeah. And it just, you know how like comedians are damaged people. I think it was just like the wrong timing, like the radioactive spider biting me. It was just like, well, he died because my comedy. I got to keep doing it or (laughs) something weird. You killed your first time up. Oh my God. Yeah. And so it just, it's been, I I, like, I keep trying to quit. And I think that's why it's when I'm best. Cause I'm like, I'm going to quit. And then I have an amazing set. Cause I'm like, it's my brother, like reminding me like, dude, you got to keep doing this. So yeah, it's a very sweet thought maybe so both of so you are pure? like it's like a pure the purest <laughs> little soul in in this one just like the purest <laughs> little white teeth white yep. soul yeah it's great you guys both have great teeth great oh smiles God, thank you, thank you. beautiful Aww. uh okay so now i want to circle back because both of you now <laughs> sort of alluded to this like i want out aspect of stand-up so kind of a two you know first of all i'll just say when i did law school talking to any person who was a lawyer their first knee-jerk reaction was don't do it and i always thought then retire like get out of the way because i would like to and you people are preventing me from doing it right like you're taking up a job that you clearly don't want so so i'll just leave that there you know, take with take it for what it's worth. Uh, but the other question is, what keeps you going? I mean, now, granted, Drew has this sort of supernatural, uh, right. divine inspiration that yeah. keeps him yeah. going, which I think is beautiful. And I wholeheartedly believe in, by the way. Uh, Aurora, what keeps you coming back? Why? 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 <laughs> Just go be a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> um, first of all, I love comedy and I love entertainment and I truly believe that I'm really good at it um even though I know I'm not the best but I like I think I'm good and sure I know that when I'm up on stage I'm making at least one person feel better like there's no way one person doesn't feel I I am hilarious so probably like seven people at least yeah yeah right Um, right like the whole crowd probably all seven of them 
all seven of them. Yeah. The crowds that I'm selling out usually is around seven or eight. So, right, right. Um, but no, I, so I love stand up. It's just a lot of ups and downs. And yeah. one thing I also love is like money and traveling and like living a decent life. And it's sure. really, I just spit a little bit. That's fine. That's okay. <laughs> We're in the same quarantine. Yeah. Level, let's say. Yeah. I've been vaccinated. I've been vaccinated. Um, so it's, uh, I, it's, I guess it just like, because I love it, it keeps me going when I like have people reach out to me and they're like, you made me smile today. And, or last night I was having a bad week and tonight you made me laugh or you're my favorite comedian on the show. Then that part is like the competitiveness, you know, all the highs keep me going from all the lows basically. And, uh, I just honestly don't really feel even though I'm like educated and I have opportunities and I could get like a solid job if I wanted to none of that motivates me or makes me as happy or makes me as fulfilled as being on stage yeah and so that pa- so even when it sucks like even when I'm like at the lowest of the low in comedy I just think about how good it feels when it actually works out so it's kind right. of like a it's kind of like an abusive relationship yeah <laughs> where I'm like it's, he's it's so an addiction. sweet yeah yeah He's so sweet. He brought me flowers after he punched me in the mouth. You know, like, that was right. so thoughtful. He really cares. He yeah. cares. Yeah. Uh, you don't know him. You don't know him the way I do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Yeah, no, whole, wholeheartedly. So okay. So if if your daughter or son comes to you and is like, I want to do stand up because it fulfills <sighs> me, you're still gonna be like, you're an idiot. Go. <laughs> I'm going to be else. like, you were just around it too much from your, from right. me and your dad, like just explore your <laughs> options. Just We've, make sure, yeah. you, make sure your you're feelings ready aren't for real. it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're invalid. Yeah. If anything, right. okay. It depends on what age, if they're like older, I, and they've like thought about it and they've seen it and they've been around it. Okay. But if they're yeah. like, you know, 10, 13, maybe even 14, I'd be like, you need to, you need to try more things. Yeah. Yeah. I would yeah, say that for fair. anything. I would say that for anything in life, like anything sure. that they're like, I'm obsessed with. I'd be like, just wait, just wait, <laughs> just wait. Just, just give it some time. You might yeah. stop liking BB Mac. It'll be exactly we'll like when out. I was 13, I was obsessed with butterfly hair clips. Like, oh, just sure. give it some time. Give it some time. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I don't want. Uh, yeah, I don't want our kid to come up and be like, I want to be a stand-up comedian because I'll be like you're not going to be funny. You're, you come from a, a good house. Like we didn't damage you. I know, but the other thing is that we're going to be such good parents. Like how are we going to be able to build a personality in someone yeah, when right. they have like so much love in the house? It's not going to yeah, work. Well, I mean, if you both achieve the success dreams you want, you won't be around very often. So oh, there you go. True. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That okay, makes me feel better. Good. That's actually, yeah. Whew, yeah. I feel so much better. Yeah. We're going to neglect so, our kids. That's what's going to do. Yeah. Okay, good. So there, it's all a, a nice cycle. It's a cycle of stand-up success, really. Here we go. Yes. So, so, so you're My, not going to be the parents taking your kids to an open mic when they're ten to do jokes, unless I have to <laughs> for your own stage time. Yeah, I hope. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, this is a package deal. Okay, yeah. if you like the kid, I'm doing the open. I'm I'm <laughs> opening for fifteen. Do you understand? Yeah. <laughs> exactly it's, it's so funny we actually at the comedy club i worked at had like a 10 year old kid but it was just his dad writing all of his jokes oh, for him yes. and i was like yeah i was like when yeah. i tried that in third grade they were all my jokes that's why i right. didn't make it into the talent show <laughs> i wish I love that you did get so into much it. i, I love that... so much that drew's issue is that this kid is a hack yeah that's what he's so... mad about 
Like he would memorize it and his mom would be like rehearsing it backstage with him. And oh, then like he'd go out on stage and like mess it up because it's like, nope, 10-year-old kid uses that. Yeah, he's right. 10 in right. a suit. Okay. Well, yeah. now, did you watch, I don't know if you guys were like America's Got Talent fans there was a kid yeah. that was on there i think a couple of years ago who mm-hmm. like roasted judges I do how did you feel about that i felt oh, like i do remember that his, he definitely didn't write those that's kind of what i thought too i don't yeah. think he no. wrote that no but no. good performer not. good performer Just yeah. smart parents that's yeah. what i think it is it's like i i'm funny but Man. it's gonna be way funnier coming out of a kid yeah they don't yeah. have anything to relate to that's the problem like my third grade joke was I want to be able to be cool and wear my hat backwards, but I also want to keep the sun out of my eyes. So I need one pointing forwards. And then I like prop comedian a hat that was forwards and backwards. I was like, that's now beautiful. I'm cool. That yeah. is hilarious. And why would they not want that in their show? I, was I like, don't know. Why would they not want that? I kind of I... feel like you're a comic because you're jaded out of that experience. Like <laughs> you're, denied, <laughs> you're denied a set at third grade and now you're chasing that, you know? Yeah. I know I would have crushed that. That's like normal, like childhood trauma that you're trying to fix in your adulthood. (laughs) And that's why my whole thing is like, I want to be cool and I'm trying to be cool on stage. And people are like, no, you're not. Yeah, yeah. Right. 100%. That's when it it comes to like speaking your truth on stage because you can't try to be cool. You're not cool. And that's what's great (laughs) about you, though. That's like the best part. Not cool at all. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, there is something very relatable in wanting to belong and not feeling like you do. Yeah. Right. Right. That's, I mean, that's, that's, my that's a universal feeling. Yeah. What's so What's uh, interesting. Well, <laughs> I want to now transition from feeling like you want to belong and not <laughs> belonging. That's a great idea to have when we talk about religion. So, uh you drew talked about coming from a very religious house and aurora you said you came from a religious house as well so respectively what what religions did your families follow uh so i was like when i first started out just general like christianity it was just some random church and then uh-huh. when i moved to a small town it was a baptist church by the way gotcha. this is a small town like small 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 town okay yeah. so which do you do you mind saying which town just yeah, yeah, uh, Fernley, Nevada. Fernley, so, Nevada. Nevada. So it's thirty miles east of Reno, okay. and it was the fastest growing city in the country for like three years in a row. It went from like a thousand people to like thirty thousand in like three or four wow. years. Yeah, wow. and then it All stopped, right. and then just stopped. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Then two thousand eight, so got... the foreclosures. Yeah, that's what it was. Oh, the market downturn, of course. Yeah, everybody was on subprime mortgages there. So like literally half the town had to leave. It was oh, crazy. Oh man, so now it's yeah. just a ghost town with a bunch of houses built. And and Tesla, uh, Tesla, Tesla Gigafactory yeah, is Tesla like 10 minutes opened away. opened up yep. over there. Oh, yeah. so it's going to boom again. Yeah, exactly. It is, yeah. Prices are going up in Reno for houses because all the people from the Bay Area are just going in. Yep. paying cash cash yeah. cash cash yeah. cash it's it's funny the the kind of i don't know what you'd call that it's not really the midwest it's like the slightly eastern west from our perspective yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh anyway um 
Yeah, my sister is trying to look for a house and she's complaining about people coming in from California buying up and she's in Utah. So it's it's yep. sort of covering that whole oh, area. Oh yeah. And when we moved from North Carolina to California, our issue was the Chinese doing the same thing, coming over and buying yeah. up houses with cash. cash. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're basically the Chinese to Nevada and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is what I'm That's- saying. Uh, all right. So general Christian and then Baptist. So what was yes. your experience like in the Baptist faith? Because I think my understanding of Baptist is, is that there is sort of a, a more relaxed version of Baptist, but were you in the more stringent, you know, so, you got to talk Christ all the time? No. So it was, it was pretty relaxed. I mean, like the, the pastor, he was like a biker dude and he was just like very like oh, I was doing drugs. I was at my lowest and now I found Jesus. And it was like very fun, relaxed, great environment. So yeah, yeah, it was, it was really nice. Yeah. But your mom was very sheltering. Yeah. My mom being agoraphobic and very sheltering, it was like, don't talk about things and they don't exist. So don't talk to them about drugs. Uh, don't let them take sex ed through the school. Don't let them. Drew has read. never taken sex ed. Like yeah. he's a 30 year old man and he's never had sex ed before. Yeah. I mean, at least, at least that sentence ended with Ed, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I imagine he gets it though. I, mean, I think he's, he's, he's been figured educated. It out, but yeah. 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 So, I mean, uh, Drew, from your perspective, the sheltered, yeah. like negative, positive, and was it because of religion that you were sheltered or was it just your mom's phobias? I think it was just my mom's phobias, honestly, because like my mom was not religious as a kid. Like I was the one she started dating a guy and I don't think he was that religious, but I just like one day started asking him about God and he was like, oh, come to this church. I'll start taking you there. And then it was like, I was the one that like converted the whole family, got everybody on board. the yeah the, the only thing here's how goody two shoes I was the only time I ever got in trouble was in high school I got detention for reading the bible in class wow and like yeah not just <laughs> reading it like, that I, is that, seriously so like that it makes I me mean, laugh every time first of all how is that not your opening line on stage thank you every time thank you I I've tried it because yeah it was that I was converting kids like I would read it but I would be reading it like I was reading like a cool like s like sports illustrated like oh my god this is so cool and kids would be like what is it I was like did you know Jesus loves you no matter how many bad things you do and they're like what and I would just like convert true. kids on the playgrounds true I I don't understand why that is not the first thing out of your mouth on stage I don't know. it's I mean, so you much need better to go than up any and- yeah I mean, you could do that on stage right now and people would die if you just got up and you were like, hey, oh my gosh, you know that Jesus loves all of you? I feel like that would crush. People would be so confused that they would laugh and then you could be like, that's how cool I am. I brought you that knowledge. That's so funny. Or just be like, that that is what got me detention in high school. Yeah, I was going to say, just follow with like, after everyone looks like so stunned and confused, yeah. just be like, and that's how I got my only detention in high school. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think there's something there for sure, oh but that's God. amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. I just, so I just love the like timing of this. Cause today I just posted on my Instagram, a video <gasps> from an abstinence play that I was in for a church. Wow. And it's yeah. literally like, I cut it perfectly, but there was like so one of my good. lines was like, why would you have sex with her? 
you know it's gonna ruin everything and then he's like it's just one time it's fine and then I cut to the next scene which was her crying and going I'm pregnant (laughs) (laughs) that's great I mean that is so so I mean you were like in this in this Baptist faith though yeah so they might have been relaxed but like you were really in it I was really into it yeah like and that's why I like you sharing that story because it's like oh yeah you were everyone was kind of like into religion when we were younger right but then he has this like for some reason he like took it he drew took it to the next level like no one told him to do that he just did it (laughs) no right I mean that's that's admirable that's great so (laughs) so do you still attend church or or no longer no so like I sort of in college started to get a little off of it because they started training some other pastors and I saw that it was like very clearly just them trying to get more business and they'd Uh be like yeah and if you need help you know I'm a carpenter just like Jesus and it would be like stuff like that that they would say and I'd be like is this all a cash grab for these people like I started getting like losing some of that and it was just sort of like I would say now I'm agnostic. Like, I don't uh-huh. know. I'm, what does agnostic mean? Literally, I don't know. That's what oh, it okay. means, yeah. Like, yeah, un- unsure, unsure of divinity, right? It's yeah. sort of like, it might be there, it might not be there, but I don't really let it bother me or influence me one way or the other. Yeah, like, I definitely am not a church fan anymore. But uh-huh. like, spiritually wise, I'm like, yeah, there's probably somebody up there. I know, like, from time to time, I send out a prayer just in case, like, are you up there? Like, here's and you what believe I need. that your brother's with you. Like, yeah. Yeah. And you see signs from him and stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so just, there is, there is something. Something. Yeah. Something there's something. There. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, what if, like, in my head, I'm like, what if all the religions are right? And it's just like a different, slight interpretation. Obviously, sure. not all of them. Some of them are like, you know, just oh, what do you mean not all of them <laughs> not all of them. <laughs> you know which, which ones aren't which ones are you gonna are you yeah. calling out uh, okay. no, i'm just kidding yeah i'm like which one which one are you uh ordained yeah, in? yeah which yeah. one are you convinced is not true because <laughs> if and you say scientology yeah. drew no <laughs> i don't want to say that because i want to be famous one day and i know that <laughs> that's a thing you can do you can just become a scientologist and you become famous Right, there are different running, avenues. So just don't mind me. Yeah, but so yeah, I'm not sure. It just sort of that like got me off church, but now I'm just like yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and yeah, that's I don't fair. even know so, enough to be an atheist. I mean, what? did you feel connection to the divine, you know, to God when you were in the faith, or I mean, was that more connected to your, you know, your fame as an entertainer within the faith? as you know kind of a friend to the pastors yeah Um, what do you think I never really felt the divine energies or anything like that I really I love the moral message of the bible I mean that's just how I grew up like the golden rule is my number one thing still to this day and it's like those sort of things were what I got from it like be a good person and you'll be rewarded one day and then yeah, everything else, I never really felt it. Like even in church, like I would like sing along and like feel things. But like when people would have like, not that we were one of the crazy ones with like snakes or anything. Oh my gosh. But like right. people, that's <laughs> Right, but that's more one. Pentecostal, right? That's more Pentecostal, not as much Baptist. Like, yeah, I would see stuff like that. And I'm like, uh, that's not like me. And some people would have like, oh, I'm, I'm getting a message right now. I'm like, I think sure. you're just like showboating or like 
yeah. pretending like I never got that, but I definitely felt peace when I was there yeah. and I felt the message yeah. and that's what I went for. Sure. That makes sense. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. All right. Now, now Aurora, what, yeah. uh, what's kind of your spiritual religious journey? Uh, born and raised Catholic. Uh, my okay. mom is from Haiti and my dad is Punjabi. So um, he, my dad is Sikh and he was never really like in my life too much. So I was obviously heavily influenced by the Catholic church. And I went to Catholic private school from kindergarten to 12th grade. My first public school was college. Wow. Yeah. And I went to an all girl Catholic high school. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Born. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I go to church still every, like, I'm like a holiday, you know? Yeah. Because the thing with the thing with Haitians, it's like they're very Catholic, um, but it's more of like a cultural Catholic. It's not right. just like, oh, like we all go to church and praise God. It's like it's deep rooted in the culture. So I still feel like I'm drawn to the church because it's part of my culture. Uh-huh. So growing up, like going to church twice a week because we would go during school we would go every Tuesday or Wednesday depending what grade you were in to go to morning mass and then every Sunday I would go with my mom and you know other parents and I and then afterwards I would have like bible study (laughs) like I was like yeah now what did they call the the, like the Wednesday night activities or Tuesday night activities did you do those the no I forget what they call it but I don't, I think I know what you're talking about. Um, but I didn't do those just because I literally, I was in Catholic school all the time. So we went, you were there already, right? Yeah. We were already like the religion classes and all of that. They were all incorporated in like a lot of those classes, I think were for like the night ones were for, to get ready for sacraments. And we did that in school. Got it. So, yeah, so it was a little different, but just growing up being so like the church being like shoved down my throat. I like yeah. didn't really connect to it on like a totally spiritual level. I, hmm. I looked at going to church as a way to get out of school and then <laughs> like out of the classroom. <laughs> Even though it's like all the same. <laughs> I, but I didn't have to like learn, you know, I just had to like, st- and then also I always volunteered yeah. to be an altar boy. I was like, an, I was an altar boy. Uh huh. So it was like, it was like the church version of entertainment. <laughs> yeah. Right. Of course you get to dress yeah. up, you get to play yeah. a role. Yeah. You get to be backstage? Are you kidding right. me? Like, right. heck yeah. Being that an altar boy room? was, yeah, you get to be in a green room. Like, that <laughs> yeah. is amazing. So when I would, so when I would go to church with class, I would always be like, oh, I'll be the altar boy. And I'd go in the green room, do my thing. You know, we come out, we perform, and then we go back and leave. So a way to get out of the classroom, I was performing. And then on Sundays, we always went to brunch afterwards. So that's like sure. a lot of like good memories that way. But I never was like, fully like spiritually like doing the hail marys and all that i felt phony always mm. like as young as i can remember i just remember being like i don't feel like like this is like doing anything for me to like make me feel better gotcha that's not like bringing you closer to god no it's yeah. and it's weird because i i kind of got the same thing for like drew did like some of the moral stories and teachings I like related to and I'm like okay that's good like treat others like you want to be treated okay and and all that kind of stuff stuck with me and I think the places where I felt closest to God was like when I was in silence so I think that's why meditation is something that's like better for me like being outside or being like in a peaceful environment because when we would go on retreats 
you know, yeah, <laughs> all the religious yeah. retreats and we'd have, we couldn't talk for a day or something, which is like also really good. I want to learn how to do that as a substitute teacher, make yeah. my class not talk for a whole day. That would be really right. like make 10 year olds not talk for a whole day. Oh. Yeah. Oh my they're God. so smart now when i look yeah. back at it they went they got Great. a weekend getaway and they they made the whole class not talk for a day genius that's oh. genius yeah but yeah that's wow. when i felt closest to god i guess but sure. and then when i do like when things go wrong or things go right you know i'm always like very thankful and i i don't know what to call the entity that i believe in but i i so i just say god because that's yeah what i was raised with i guess gotcha so so what kind of led you oh I mean was it just the fact that you were no longer going to Catholic school that yeah like you know you stopped going as regularly or what kind of prevented you you think from continuing this like close relationship I think my independence uh-huh like as soon as I got my driver's license I was like uh like, Peace. I was like bye like my mom stopped forcing me to go uh-huh. and she still went every weekend and I was in Catholic high school so I was still technically going to church but yeah. I wasn't going outside of my school I wasn't like actively seeking it out and then right. when I got to college I was um I was interested in going to church like the Catholic church on campus but then I got involved with sports and I was just like, and then I got involved with partying and I was like, this is way more fun, you know? Yeah. yeah. So then I yeah. just ca- kind of stopped going and just go with my family on holidays. I don't know. Sure. Uh, so I had one quick question about this altar boy thing. My understanding was that only, <laughs> only boys could be altar boys, that it was, you know, a rite of, of priesthood. Is that, is that not the case? Or were you just in a very progressive or were you just like, listen, I'm going to be an altar boy. Look, I'm going to be a stand-up comedian one day and I need the stage time. Um, Right, right, right. No, it, uh, I don't know. I know it's fine. You can be a girl. I don't know when it changed, but. I know you can be a girl, but uh, (laughs) a girl can really be an altar boy. (laughs) A girl, a girl (laughs) oh that's so great um no a girl can be an altar boy I have no idea when it changed but it changed sometime before I started doing it and I okay so it was a case of like priesthood or kind of male dominated stuff for some reason my understanding was it was connected to priesthood but I don't know I'm not but now like because I actually don't know and that's like a really good question but now I'm wondering maybe they changed it because women can be nuns so maybe that's like they're like oh it's a passageway into becoming a nun so let's start but like like I don't know when they started I just know that I was an altar boy and I was really good at it and I have a lot of great stories now that I'm thinking about it and I'm like I should share these on stage they're really good there you go right right for sure uh interesting so all right um I have two general questions left and then we'll get into one of my favorite segments because it's more about me. Um, (laughs) But, uh, but before we get there, I want to ask you both two things. So one thing is, is what would have changed for you, your relationship with your faith, if your church had done X, you know what I mean? So, so think about that. And then the other question, uh, and you can take these in whichever order you want, but the other question is, what do you believe happens after this life? Where is there anything? Is there nothing? Uh, you know, what, what happens? What do Those you want to have happen? Qu- Seth with, okay. Okay. I see you with some thoughtful questions. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's get deep. First. 
Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> he just touched my knee. Like, that's what he does when he gets nervous. Yeah. He goes, oh, okay. That's great. I mean, there's no pressure. Only God is judging. So God <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah, this answer determines whether you make it to the good place or the bad place. Um, right, that would be amazing. And that show, how did you feel? Anyway. Oh, okay. I love it. Oh my God, so good. Yeah, yeah. focus. One of the best shows. <laughs> right, Watch The Good right. Place if you haven't watched it. It's amazing. It is. Yeah. It is good. It is good. I re- we rewatched the last. They focus. Sorry, yeah. I just, I, I'm nervous. I'm trying to stall. <laughs> trying to stall. Just like getting. Just to, what do you heaven. think? What do you think is going to yeah. happen afterwards? Well, yeah, take that, that one that first because you've yeah. talked about your brother kind of communicating yeah. with you or being there. So, what do you think? I mean, where do you think your brother yeah. is now? I mean, I'm hoping. I'm wishing that there's an afterlife. I remember in youth group, it was always described as like. Oh, you love video games? The best video game of all time will be there. Like it was very much like everything's <laughs> sure. perfect. Which I love it. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were good. They they sold me. They knew how, and that's why I was so good at selling my classmates on the idea. Um, right. Um, no, I I mean I I hope that I can go up there and hang out with them. He was my best friend. We were like the only two people that we had like a our own language, our own shorthand looks. Like because he was he was more religious or more like a good value person than me like mm. so much more innocent than me um yeah. where like even when we were in college together if there was like somebody naked in the locker room at the gym he would like get awkward about it and he would like yeah. he had code words so he was like if I start talking about the tv show scrubs there's somebody naked nearby and we have to be careful and like yeah. just so innocent um so do you think he's in heaven do you believe in heaven yeah I mean if there is a heaven he's definitely there 100 yeah. percent like he never drank, never smoked, never had sex, like nothing. Like sure, sure. he led the life that is, if there is a good place, he's 100% he's there. there. Um, yeah. So I'm hoping, I feel like there's probably something, but at the same time, there's a part of me that's like, what if we just disappear and become just energy and that's right. it. And you just sort of dissipate into the world. So I'm so conflicted, just, but I'm hopeful. Yeah. I'm curious if part of your separation from your religion too has to do with your brother's passing in the sense of like, do you blame God or do you, you know, what do you feel like in that aspect? Yeah. So I know my mom completely, when he passed away, she like cursed God's name was like, there's no God if he could do this to the nicest person. Yeah. But for me, it really was like, I think I was just gradually moving away anyway. I was definitely out of church at that point, but it was just sort of like, I don't know, being like taking science courses and talking to a lot of people like college, sort of how they say like, oh yeah, it's so liberal and blah, blah, blah. It like, I think it sort of moved me away from like, oh, you only hang out with religious people. You only talk to religious people and more like different perspectives and people being like, well, where would it be? Where what goes there like is your body your spirit like what is it and it was just too many unanswerable questions and I think that's what started to make me be like there's got to be some sort of answer and that's where I became an agnostic because I'm just like there's no answers so how can we know anything and it just too many mind games got Drew likes answers yeah he that's his thing I mean that's fair you know, yeah. I think that's a fair thing to want, right? Yeah. Uh, interesting. Well, Drew, I'm glad you came on this podcast. I've got all the answers you need, buddy. Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> that's great. Okay. 
And then what do you think? So I guess really then that answers kind of the question, right? If your yeah. church had been able to answer some of your questions, you may have been able to stay in it longer yeah. if that's where you wanted to be. Yeah, it would have been that. And if the original pastor had just stayed at the helm, like he sure. was in it for every good reason. Like we would help people. I went to numerous people's houses when they had issues going on. We did like prayer circles. Like he was in it for 100% the right reasons. And yeah. then he let a couple people in. And then it was just like, I know there's like parables about like bad shepherds and it sure. like sort of corrupts the flock or whatever. And that's sort of what was happening where it was just like, well, I don't know if I can start over somewhere else. Like I had this trust and love and then it just, yeah, it was corrupted by just two bad people that were like, oh, this is like, I can pitch my business every day and make a lot of money off of this. And it was just like, really? Like that's allowed? Yeah. Yes. Yes, it it is. (laughs) Uh, Interesting. Yeah. All right. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Now, Aurora, that you've shirked off the responsibility of going first. (laughs) What, uh, Um, what are your thoughts? I, uh, okay. First of all, uh, I forgot the first question. It was like, why, what could the church have done differently? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think that, well, especially for the Catholic church, it just is so like, it's just so close-minded and it's just like, so in the past, um, I think even though they let girls be altar boys, (laughs) I mean, that (laughs) is pretty forward thinking. That is like, woo, good for them. Yay. Well, and who's the Pope now? Isn't he rethinking a lot of same sex issues? Yeah. Yeah, But I just, yes, yes. But I just think that they're like so far behind. It's going to take a lot for them to like, kind of catch up. Um, yeah. And there's like but a do lot. you think a religion should have to catch up to society or do you think there is a move societally away from some of the values that religions in general that religions have? And is that bad? Is it bad I, for religion to stick to values that that are old fashioned or? I think so, because we look back and old there's some old fashioned values that just like aren't OK anymore, like. It, like the right, way that but I wouldn't. To... I wouldn't suggest racism is a value. You right, know? right. Like that's but not I mean, a like... positive. <laughs> <laughs> I think that there are really good values and morals that come from the Catholic Church, but I think that it's surrounded and cluttered with a lot of bad stuff. And I think that sure. that's just where I'm like, it's going to take them time to kind of sort through that clutter and get to like that. We know our point is to like be a good person and love thy neighbor and honor mm-hmm. thy body and you know don't kill people. Like just like. <laughs> just the basics just like the basics and then you know I think and I think that there's just like a lot of clutter around it and for me I also wanted answers and I think that they're starting to come now in the Catholic Church of like oh well you know maybe it wasn't actually interpreted that a man shouldn't lie with a man you know like it's like coming out now um but when I was younger that wasn't really the case it was just like don't sin don't do anything sexual. Don't even have those thoughts. I had classes right. on how to right. curb the thoughts of doing yeah. anything sexual sure. because you would you would go to hell, you know. Yeah, and like right, that's right. too well, we're judged for our thoughts. Yeah, no. and that's yeah. and that's too that was just too intense for me. Um, so I think yeah. if the church was kind of doing almost what it's doing now, but like when I was younger, maybe I would sure. still be. Um, and then also the second thing is just not be so boring. Like. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> like, I well, need that's ha- never going to change. That is a value <laughs> that we need to keep. <laughs> I'm like, I need a, a happy medium between the like singing and dancing and the shaking and like the Catholic Church because the Catholic right, Church, the standing and the sitting. And the, oh my God! And the the yeah. hymns and just like the kneel and then you're kneeling and then you're walking, but very slowly because you're in a line. And then you have like right. I just I can't. It's just too. Oh my God! It's a snooze fest. Yeah, like I yeah, I yeah. can't get through those mass. I was so excited when I was younger, and they would let us all the kids leave in the middle of the mass to go do like a separate little children mass next to like the big mass. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I don't remember what it was called. I don't, I don't know. But yeah, at huh. one point when they would, um, I forgot what they were doing. Oh God, it's been that long. Yeah, they would tell a story and they'd be like, all right, dismissing all the kids. Yep. And then all the kids, you would see them run. They'd be like, think. Like we <laughs> right. get to right. leave. And we would all sit there and listen to like a fun version, kid version yeah. of the story. Sunday school? Yeah. Are you just talking No, Sunday no, no, school? it's like, different. New, no, it's different. Primary? That's what we call it in my faith, primary but um i don't know maybe it could be very similar but it's it was sure. during mass and then we would come right. back before yeah. communion yeah right was, right uh, right we did it interesting we just watched veggie tales that's what i remember as a kid <laughs> ah that's great me. veggie tales are you kidding love so veggie tales so much fun yeah <laughs> good stuff larry yeah, the tomato know. right or, yeah. or larry is larry the tomato or is he the uh the cucumber i thought cucumber what's the i don't even remember See, i don't it's know been what that you guys long. i do ever watch it tomato bob bob and larry anyway i don't this know this is right. riveting <laughs> i love this so much okay and and do you think there's an afterlife aurora what do you think happens after this i think that there's an afterlife um do i think that we go somewhere and hang out with people that have passed i don't necessarily i don't really believe that i know that's kind of like pessimistic Jeez, downer yeah no go on yeah you just but die i feel <laughs> i feel like it's something more like this sounds terrible but it's not terrible but i think it's more of like the good place like you become a good deed or like and and i don't think it's just one time i think that you come back kind of like in a different form to your loved uh-huh. ones and i think that you like you don't haunt them but you like you like live through them and their actions interesting like so when they you become a parent that's <laughs> what you're saying basically everyone goes to hell and they become a parent yes yeah, bad parent. you're a bad parent that is living through your kid Interesting. No, I think you're writing you're like jokes a- for them and you're putting them on tv <laughs> that's what heaven is that's the afterlife that is heaven that's a, thank yeah. you finally that's what i was trying to say no I, no I think that you're like you become like an inner voice in someone's head hmm. and i think like it like that's how you like live and like are you like when they feel like oh I don't know what I should do and then something happens and you're like oh okay I guess I'll do that it's like I think that's how people live like their soul lives after they die because I do think that we have like I think that this is like a shell Uh you know and we're just like souls inside of a shell so there has to be something that happens with that energy do I think we're going to be like in clouds and I'm going to like see all the people have died and I'm like oh what's up dude like hell yeah like no i don't think that's real (laughs) yeah all right interesting yeah but but and you think that's true for good and bad people there are good voices there are bad voices yeah i mean there's good i mean yeah totally because there's good people and there's bad people people have a dark soul and people have a white soul yeah Yeah. and i think that the people who have done terrible things in their life and they die i think that those terrible things live on and that's the dark side 
And you can choose whether to go with that side or you can choose to go with, you know, your brother giving you an amazing sign saying, no, Drew, keep going. Like, which one do you choose? Because it it all is free will, right? I mean, that's what I think. I think we have free will. So we have to have both options. Fair, fair enough. Well, I think both answers are great. And this podcast is about- But who is right? Like, who do you think not is right? Judging. This podcast <laughs> yeah. is about not judging, <laughs> And the truth is, thinking? neither of you is correct. Because oh. I, I know what is true. <laughs> okay, um, good. Let us know. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Uh, no, I think that's great. I think it's beautiful that there's, uh, you know, a way- I don't know. I just think it's hopeful, right? I find, I find it hopeful to believe in something after this life, that this isn't it, you know? And some people find it hopeful to believe that this is it and that there is an end, you know, right. to, to whatever stress or, you know, whatever could continue afterward that, you know, you do your best to live uh, a good life here and then that's, that's good. That's it. Yeah. That's all. Um, I sometimes I feel that. like, I feel like sometimes when I'm like, sitting alone and this kind of goes back to maybe when I was younger and that's I always felt like that's how I got close to God but I always feel like when I'm sitting alone that's when I can like feel like presence like a presence so that's why I always that's why I think that I'm like oh we just become a presence after we die interesting like the people that I've lost I feel like when I'm alone and I'm like sad or I'm really happy I feel like they're there yeah you know and that in that like feeling of like joy that's them yeah. So in a way, you do think we can hang out with people that we like <laughs> after this life. In a way, yeah. right? Yeah. I guess so, kind of. Yeah. Whether we're aware of it or not, like, I don't know. Sure. But yeah, sure. kind of. Interesting. All right. Well, beautiful. I have loved this episode. Are you ready for the final segment? This is yes. where you I'm so excited. each get to pester me and bug me with personal questions since I've been bothering yes. you for the last hour. In this segment that I call, What's the Deal with Mormons, Drew and Aurora. So, what's the deal with Mormons? Fire away. Fire away. Any, any questions you have regarding Does my Drew faith? look like a Mormon? I am, I am a Mormon. I actually am a, a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So, that's why it's called, What's the Deal with Mormons? So that you can ask me about my faith. Drew does, Drew does look like a Mormon. Okay, Thank good. You. That's yeah. what I thought. Yeah. yeah that actually, was my first yeah. question. Yeah. He'd fit actually, right in. And I mean, uh, we would yeah. love for you to fit right in too, Aurora, but there might be a little. <laughs> I'm good. Thank you know. so much for the offer, but I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Drew's, Drew's got no, that Mormon no, no, no. glow about him. I, I do. I actually, I went to a bunch of the steak dances with the other Mormon kids because it was yeah. just. Yeah, it was like they're the right. only ones who are good influences. So, <laughs> sure. can you guys can Mormons drink coffee now? Or soda? No. Okay. Uh soda, okay. So this is a this is a pretty typical kind of misunderstanding. The the issue is not caffeine. So a lot of people think the issue is caffeine. So they're like, "Oh, you can't drink, you know, coffee or soda and you can't eat chocolate apparently." I'm sure um, I don't have COVID. I'm sorry. I just, uh, you're good. I, have, I don't care. I hope you I do have allergy. COVID. And oh, thank you. Now. Um, no, it's not. It's not. It's nothing to do with caffeine. So this is related to a revelation that we call the word of wisdom, which is in one of our books of scripture, the book of scripture called the doctrine and covenants. And this word of wisdom is essentially a health code. So similar to like a Jewish kosher law, um, there are certain things that we've been you know, counseled to not eat or drink. And 
the coffee is one and tea is the other. So herbal tea is fine. I think it's gross, so I don't drink it. Uh, <laughs> but it is religiously okay to partake of herbal tea. But, you know, the iced tea that always looks so good to me, Ooh. no, that's not okay. Uh, coffee in any form, not okay. Um, yeah, so so there you go. So, no, soda's great. I love Mountain Dew. Love me some Mountain Dew, so caffeine's oh, not really the issue the higher sort of what people think like the higher law of with this word of wisdom because a lot of it is about sort of spiritual and physical purity so it's it's not being addicted to things so i think this comes with the caveat that if you're someone who is addicted to caffeine of uh, i know many of those people uh I'm you should probably them. not partake in what you are beholden to unless what you're beholden to is our Lord and savior, right? So you need to keep yourself pure to have the influences of the Holy spirit to do those good things that you're being prompted to do. And if caffeine is getting in the way, then maybe you shouldn't partake, but it's not specifically a no, no, the caffeine. Interesting. Mm, Gotcha. Okay. Go. It's okay. Um, have you seen, buddy? That's how we actually, we talk to each other all the time. Oh <laughs> I love it. Uh, have you seen the Book of Mormon? The musical. The musical, yes. No, I have not, but I have listened to a lot of the music. Uh, I think it is hilarious. And in all fairness, Matt Stone and Trey Parker are quite fair, you know, and they, they actually portray things quite, quite accurately, as silly as it sounds. Uh, on, on my mission, a lot of people I talked to, um, and I don't know how familiar, how familiar either of you is with my faith, but when, we, when a young man turns 19, uh, he has the option to go abroad or within the United States on a mission, proselyting, talking to other people about our faith and trying to get them to convert. So I did that when I was about 19 and a half, went to Eastern Canada, learned French and taught people in French. And a lot of uh, people that I talked to, yeah, a lot of people I talked to, the only reason they knew about our church at all was because of South Park. And the episodes of uh, On My Faith in South Park, crazy, but also pretty accurate in how the religion was restored. So where did you go in Canada? Uh, so I was in the Quebec province. Yeah, so, I have a lot yeah. of family there. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're personal... Haitian. Right. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. I was going to say, I've met quite a few Haitians in Montreal. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, a very fun-loving group of people. I did not find them as religious, but very spiritual. Yeah. That's good interpretation. Oh, Maybe the further away you get from Haiti, it like... It like just goes a little bit lower and lower and lower. I mean, maybe they were all Catholic though. Like everybody I met was like, oh no, we're Catholic. We're Catholic. And a lot of the Quebecois, the, you know, the, the, the white Quebec people, um, they would also identify as Catholic, but they would say Catholic, not practicing. That was, that was like, yeah, that's like what I am. But anyways, this isn't about me. I mean, it can be, it's always about you. It's not about me, but, um, but yeah. So anyway. My, my personal goal is to make it to JFL so I can go back to Montreal yes. and, you know, talk to some Ugh. people and see some people that I used to talk to. Anyway, that would be great. But um, yeah, Montreal is a beautiful city. 
Oh, I love it. Um, I have another question. Yeah. How old were you when you got married? 24. Oh, that's, not, I guess that's like that's not normal. too bad. Yeah. For, I was expecting like 20. Right. No, no, no. I, I knew there was a, a woman girl in my high school, got married right out of high school, 18 married. Boom. Still married. Locked it down. Still married. Yep. Still married. You know, married with like five kids or something like that. Yeah. Oh wow. Married and happy. Um, But yeah, I was 24 when when I got married, and my wife and I had known each other. We we each separately had a goal to date whoever we were going to marry for at least a year, which in Mormon times is a long time. And oh wow. We almost made it. We, I think, dated for 10 months. We, we knew each other for, lo- for a year before we got married, but we hadn't really been dating for a year before oh we got gosh. married. Oh, my gosh. That is so fast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in my, in my, like my life, that's like right. really I mean, fast for, for me. Yeah. For normal people, that is crazy. <laughs> uh, that is crazy fast. And, you know, we didn't live together. There was no living together. There was no you know, no sex before marriage. So. Oh, know, is that why Mormons of... get married quickly? Cause they're like, okay, let's just have sex. Like we got That's do a big this. reason. I mean, really? you know, that's a big part. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're, you know, you're, you're horny and you found someone you <laughs> love. It's like, let's just, let's just lock it down. I mean, yeah. what, what, what more do we need? Um, yeah. So, so I do think that is a, uh, uh, maybe an unspoken big part of why, at least people in my faith get married a little bit younger. Another is that we're encouraged to, it's a step in life. You know, it's, it's kind of part of, you know, marriage is very important for my faith. So, so it is a religious, you know, a religious sacrament to get married in the temple and have, uh, you know, the sealing ordinance performed along with the marriage. So it's, it's kind of a big deal. So the natural progression of things is, kind of you know for young men once you're home off your mission that's that's your next that's your next that's mission the next thing yeah that's how it is in the catholic church too but it's just not pushed as hard i guess maybe it's not like sure enforced as much but it's basically because we have our seven sacraments and then you have right. to get you have to get them all done like that's <laughs> right. no question right huge checklist yeah 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 <sighs> I don't know. Right. Yeah. No. In Baptist, you just have to get dunked in the water one time. But you're done. You know? Yeah. I mean, that sounds amazing. You know, good it just, deal. It was fun. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Right. That was fun. Are we baptizing our kids? I don't know. Oh, I oh, guess this that's is a, a big question. And how, what age were you when you were baptized, Drew? Like 13 or 14, I think. Years? years? Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because I wasn't religious as a kid. My mom wasn't religious. It was, yeah, when I was a teenager. And it's like a whole thing where, you know, you you have meetings with the church leaders and they ask, like, are you sure you want to do this? Let's schedule it. And then they have basically like a like a hot tub behind the podium. And so you only (laughs) see it every time you come in. And then, yeah, they'll do the whole thing. And And you're baptized by immersion right you're dunked yep. all the way mm-hmm. under yep dunked all the way under he joked yep. that he was gonna he was gonna hold me under a little bit longer see if <laughs> see if i could meet jesus a little quicker and i, I thought that was funny that's so funny yeah. i mean that's that's Just hilarious like, threatened to murder a child it's like yeah. hilarious <laughs> yeah. so so I mean, sweet you know it's funny to us religious people okay yeah yeah <laughs> it was actually yeah <laughs> I was uh, six months old. (laughs) Right. Yeah. You got sprinkled, right? You get Mm -hmm. sprinkled as a baby. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't remember it. 
Right. Yeah, of course not. Of course not. <laughs> I'm baptizing my kids. Uh, in the Catholic faith? <laughs> yeah. Because okay. it's like, it's like cultural to me. I don't know. Sure. I guess I'll, I'm just going to do it. And then also, you know, let them choose. I, ch- I got, a, I got a chance to choose. Uh-huh. You know, you got a chance to choose. Yeah. So yeah. why not give them like, at least start them like how I did. And then they can choose if they choose. Oh, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to be Baptist or I want to be, you know, Muslim. I want to, I'm like, all right, cool. The whatever, yeah. whatever makes you feel good and makes you a good person. Like go do that. Yeah. So are you going to each start going to church again regularly with, with kids when you have kids? We've talked about this. We have, yeah. I don't remember what we decided. I mean, I think we had, we had basically <laughs> one decided. Week, like... One week Baptist, one week <laughs> Catholic. What's going to be the deal? I think the Catholic church is more, uh, is a bigger part of my life than the Baptist church is in your life. What do you think? I mean, yeah. It's because Baptist is just sort of like conversation off this podcast. (laughs) That is fine with me. No, that's great. So Aurora talked about it. She wants our kids to go through the seven sacraments for the Catholic church. I mean, you know, I don't, I haven't even done all of them, but yeah. yeah. Um, But I think we had both decided that, you know, we're not going to force our kids to be religious, but like with me, like I started asking questions and it's like, Okay, right. yeah, if you're interested, then let's take you there. I'm still baptizing them, though. Anyways, um, <laughs> what other questions? Oh, yeah, so many good questions. Yeah, let's yeah any other questions? Um, what is one, like, rule or idea from Mormonism that you're just like, that doesn't seem right? Is there any? That you, like, question? Uh, that you question or you just think it's just so bonkers? I mean, I think I think one thing that my church is going to have to face pretty soon is a a sincere question about female leadership within within the church. Um, And I want to be careful about how I phrase this, because it is in my faith. And I do believe this, that it is part of priesthood and priesthood is largely, though not universally male. And what I mean by that is that our, our prophets, so we have a quorum of the 12 apostles, we have a first presidency, a, a living prophet, sort of similar to a pope in the Catholic faith, uh, who have talked about, you know, men hold the priesthood and women function within the priesthood. So it's not an exclusive, you know, power or right to men to do things within the priesthood. But that being said, you know, the leaders of every congregation are men, the leaders of our faith, the 12 apostles, all men, the first presidency, all men, you know, there's, there's a female organization within the church called the relief society that is led by women. Um, but as far as like general leadership, it generally it's restricted sort of to the Relief Society, primary and young women's organizations, whereas the men kind of control, you know, everybody. So so my wife and I have had many discussions about that and the just or unjustness of that. Um, so that might be a question that that comes down. Is it necessary for for leaders to be men or is there maybe a joint men and women you know uh avenue it's a tough one that kind of goes with like the church like you know them having to change any religion having to change with society you know yeah i think i mean i guess the problem for me with it is that i don't necessarily 
disagree with the with the you know men being in charge. I do think the men need to listen or take counsel from women more. I've definitely seen that change as I've gotten older. More women included in uh, you know councils within leadership of the church. Uh, on a local level, for sure. And I imagine on a general level, that's happening more. Um, But, you know, the difficulty is that, like, leaders in the congregation, like a bishop, a the and the apostles are all called as judges in Israel. So they do hold a function religiously to help the members that they are in charge of to get closer to Christ. And a lot of this sort of judge in Israel stuff is tied to the priesthood. So I don't know how theologically you get around that without then also saying, well, women can hold the priesthood as well, which, you know, I don't know. Is that right or is that not right? I guess I, I see it as being a different responsibility for men and women, that men you know, have things that we need to work on as a race and women have things they need to work on as a race. And I don't know, but you know, when they issue a calling to a leader in a congregation, like a Bishop, uh, they call the wife as well. They're meeting with the wife as well. So it might be that there's more of a joint calling that comes out of this in the future. Um, I don't know where a husband wife is sort of the leaders. They are the leaders of the congregation. I don't know. But that's probably the only one I can think of that's one that I'm also sort of like, I don't know how I feel about it, you know? Um, That's a good question. I I, I needed to ask because it's like, yeah, it's almost like, do you feel like the Bible and, and the Book of Mormon, all those are like divine written by God? Or do you feel like it's sort of like an interpretation by people who, you know, could talk to God in essence? How do you feel? Yeah, I feel more that way about the Bible. Um, that it's been through so many translations that there might be some things in there that we've just lost completely. Um, Mm -hmm. I I think a little bit uh, like that about the book of Mormon. Um, It's a similar sort of issue in that you have prophets who have written different books that are included in the book of Mormon. So similar to the Bible. Uh, I mean, admittedly it's been through less translations. It's been through less hands as far as how it was organized Um, so I feel more, you know, that it's more directly connected to the word of God. Uh, but, but no, I, I don't find it distracting. I guess what I'll say is when I read the book of Mormon, I don't find those thoughts about it being disconnected from, from inspiration. That's not distracting to me. Whereas when I read the Bible, it is distracting. There are certain accounts or, or stories in the Bible where I'm like, ah, I don't know. How is this? That's how does I this feel. happen? You know, yeah. like how, how is Lot, uh, why, why are we including Lot sleeping with his daughters uh, in a drunken state? Why is yeah. that important <laughs> for me to understand? Yeah. Yeah. So. Clutter. See, clutter, clutter, <laughs> right. clutter. Right. I Too think, you know, so I feel that way more about the Bible than I do the Book of Mormon. Um, <laughs> have you watched uh, The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City? No. I have not. I have not. I might need to, but oh my gosh. I'm not a huge fan of like the reality TV shows like that. Uh, oh, you're, you're going to aspect that want that I want to see it just to be like, oh, you, 
I don't know if you should watch it. It is <laughs> terrible and good at the same time, but right, basically right. there's like one Mormon on it. They or they were all Mormon and now there's yeah. only one that's actually still Mormon. Have they oh, left the, the faith during the taping or was this No, like- and I and sorry, I actually messed up. There's one that's still Mormon and another one that was never Mormon. She's just a different religion. She's the leader uh, of her congregation. Uh-huh. Um, but mm-hmm. the all the other ones were all Mormons and they stopped being Mormon before sure. the show. Yeah. So they yeah, like talk a lot. Common. Yeah, they yeah. talk a lot about how like why they left and then the other one the one that's still mormon um owns like two tequila businesses and they all give her for having a tequila business that she can't they should i think that's anyway this is like how can you be a good mormon and you're selling alcohol she's like well i'm not drinking it (laughs) right (laughs) right that's a tough one that's a tough sell that's a hard yeah how, what do you Market. think about that? Her yeah. selling tequila, but she's a devout Mormon. I don't know. I mean, to be fair, I think a lot of people, if I ever get really famous, I think a lot of members of my faith would look at me pretty similarly to this tequila touting woman. Uh, <laughs> I mean, sense- I guess, yeah, because you're, you're on stage and you're not necessarily like you're speaking the truth, you know? Right. You know, at least my truth. Uh, I hate that phrase. But yeah, I mean, (laughs) I don't know. I mean, that that does bother me because it is it is something that is directly contrary to the word of wisdom. We shouldn't be partaking in it. So why would you dish it out? Right. Um, Yeah. So I do have problems with that. But I think in all fairness, people could be like, hey, you're supposed to, you know, partake in holy forms of entertainment and you're inviting us to the comedy store. Uh, Right. That doesn't seem (laughs) holy. So. Also, another one. Another one. Sorry, go ahead. I'll leave. No, I was just going to say I can understand, you know, why people would view that as equally hypocritical. But I, I sort of look at myself as a white knight in these comedy <laughs> clubs, uh, you know, shining my light, not hiding it in a bushel, as it were. Right. Yep. There is another housewife. Um, sorry, we're talking about housewives. I, Drew's so excited. It's, okay. right now. it's my favorite topic, really. But she was Mormon, um, a devout Mormon. And then she got married to someone that wasn't Mormon. Yeah. And um, oh, so he, she couldn't have been that good then, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so he was so he was willing to convert to Mormonism. To, oh, snap. To be with her. But yeah. um, the church wasn't uh, super welcoming to him because he's black. And so she left the church. Yeah, well, that's fair. Yeah. Is that yeah, a that's thing? That's a tough one. Is that a thing? Uh, <laughs> so, the 70s, so right? My faith had a really troubled history with with African American members. So, as I understand it, and I need to refresh my research on this, but as I understand it, when Joseph Smith restored the church in 1830, uh, it was open to everybody. You know, he wanted people to join his faith. Uh, you know, the faith that he had found. Um, And there were quite a few African-American members of the faith in the early days of the church, and they held the priesthood. Then as Utah became a state, and as, I mean, so what happened with my faith is they moved from New York, and essentially Joseph Smith felt called to move uh, west. 
So they kind of started moving west. A lot of it was economic issues. And so they kind of followed opportunities. Uh, And then Brigham Young became the president of the church, the prophet of the church after Joseph Smith was killed. And he definitely felt called to move west. And so he had the vision, the whole nine yards, right? So they, they X'd out of the Eastern United States and moved west as they moved west. They, you know, gathered some members, they lost some. um, But when they ended up in Utah, which was a territory, they wanted to join the union. So they had to become a state. And there were some issues as they moved west with racism and with the with the black members of the church that they had, you know, that they had gained uh, that people saw as Mormons settled in different areas, people saw that as a threat. So Mm. people saw it as a threat that would throw the voting, you know, so they saw it Mm. as a political threat. They saw it as an economic threat. And so the leaders of the faith were pressured this is sort of an apologist version of this story, but they were pressured to essentially downgrade black members of the church. And I don't know how true that really is. There may well have been some racism issues, some cultural issues, but it ended up that black members of the church could not hold the priesthood. And to be more specific, it was members that, that came from African descent. So if, you know, it was a black member that was from, you know, Haiti or, you know, whatever, it's like, oh, that's not the same. But I think they sort of were just like, we don't know. We don't have the DNA testing. So (laughs) you're all the same to us anyway. That's crazy. So that's like kind of sad. Yeah. Yeah. So for many years, uh, it was all the way up until 1975, I think, that the black members of my faith could not hold the priesthood. That makes um, sense then why she would leave because they're a little bit older, you know. They're, yeah, so that's yeah, really tough. The time. Yeah, and that's really tough. And that's one, you know, that's definitely an aspect of the faith that I think, well, this is, it's hard to look at that and say that's, that's got to be cultural. You know, it's hard to look at yeah. it and say that's theological. There was a really good divine reason. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know. Right. Though. I don't think so. Um, yeah. That's not the God that I believe in or the God that I love. So yeah so i mean there's I, stuff I, you like know. that in all religions too yeah. but that was just like right it, it 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 stood out to me just because it this was filmed um at starting being filmed at the beginning of 2020 20, yeah. yeah end of 2019 so her right. like saying that i think they've been married i don't know maybe like 15 years i i don't remember the exact time but that's yeah. like very recent so that's why it like stood out yeah. to me as like a, oh wow that's a big reason to leave the church because they weren't, they weren't welcoming to your black husband. So. Right. I mean, that's really tough. Yeah. Yeah. And all her kids are black. And so it's like, Oh, I don't know. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's tough. You know, there were very few, I mean, one, there are just very few black people in Utah. Yeah. A lot of that is because of that. You know, that's a huge reason. That's a huge part of it is he's a uh, football coach. So. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I mean, if you want a good football or basketball team, then uh, you know, that, but (laughs) <laughs> so they're yeah. just far fewer far fewer uh black people in utah and i think a lot of that has to do with that relationship with with the religion uh i think it's gotten better i would hope that it's gotten better but um you know that honestly it was a big reason why my wife and i wanted to get out of utah and raise a family outside of utah because whenever you have kind of a, a uniform 
you know, type of person or a uniform outlook on the world, there are some issues, you know, so we wanted them to grow up in a more diverse place. Um, are you like raising them like strict Mormon? Like, are uh, you letting them kind of choose or like, what, what do they, what's their, what's their I mean, life our, like? Our <laughs> oldest is nine. So they have no free will. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, we're doing our best. I mean, you know, my wife and I were both raised within the faith. So we both still love it. We both still find a lot of joy and peace from it. Uh, we go to church, uh, you know, I mean, I guess before the pandemic, we would go to church every week. Um, we're doing home church now over the pandemic. And, you know, there are values and, and aspects of the faith that I that I really love. And so we're raising our kids in the faith. Uh, but right. yeah, I mean, when it comes time for them to to really weigh their decisions and choose, we we present them with the choice. So in my faith, we're baptized at age eight. My daughter, you know, we talked to her about it and said, here's, you know, this is the deal, but you can choose. And granted, eight is not really a, it's not the age where you're going to be like, you're wrong, mom and dad. This is stupid. (laughs) Um, You know, there's a heavy cultural societal pressure within our congregation to conform, right? As there is within any group. Yeah. That being said, you know, when she's a teenager and, and really, I think, testing the boundaries, um, yeah, if she doesn't want to go to church uh, a couple of weeks, I don't feel like it's worth fighting. I do think I will say you should. And I, I think and I'm pretty confident you'll be happier if you do come with us. But, you know, it is ultimately your choice. So, oh, Seth, you're such a good dad. <laughs> uh, well, uh, we'll see when she comes out as a lesbian. no i'm just kidding i'm gonna try to be as supportive as i can you know with everything but but uh but yeah i I think it's important to have some of these values and i think it's important to be uh you know to take a take a stand with some things yeah i love that i think it's important to get the values and morals you can from any religion that you are like there's good parts of every religion. So as long as you're out there, just, you know, being good person. Yeah. I think that's the, that's the key. Right. And you know, whether uh, you drink coffee or not, like as long as you're. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And if you want to bang a dude, I don't care (laughs) what I'm going to choose to do. No, no, but uh, you know, I'll pretend to understand and we'll be fine. (laughs) <laughs> i love that that's a good outlook yeah, yeah. no yeah. i just i just i like your joke the one that i heard um at the world series about you know like what if you don't believe in god why would you be a good person it's like oh sure that one's so so good but it's yeah it's because <laughs> church put those morals in me and i'm like it's i can't remember what the like there's a theory it's like the worst thing that happens if you believe and God doesn't exist is nothing. Right. So you have, you should just believe because the upside right. is so much. So it's like, yeah, I'm still going to be a good person. Cause if it's there like is, wearing a mask. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It really is. It doesn't it hurt is. to wear a mask. It just hurts not to. Yeah. So you might as well just right. wear it. I mean, it is inconvenient to wear a mask. Just it like is. it's inconvenient to be good sometimes. Yeah. Oh my God. You guys, this is like a lot of good (laughs) messages. We're getting good messages. We're getting good slogans. We're getting good vibes. This is a good time. This is it. This is is the bread and butter of this podcast. Uh, (laughs) I love it. You guys are so great. Any other questions or or are you ready to, to get into the plugs? 
questions. Do I have any other questions for a Mormon? How many times do you get yeah. to sit down right. with, Actually, yeah. with an honest Mormon my, person? My church youth group, we had a, like a, I don't know if you guys call them pastors or, or preachers or what the term would be, but he came and sat down with our youth group. He talked about the beliefs and the differences and was super yeah. open and just like anything you want to ask. And it was, I have a question. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, go for it. What? Did you ever watch um, or look at bubble porn? Bubble porn? I don't even know what you're talking about. Okay, so then probably not. It was a meme. Yeah, it was a meme that they were like, and this is how Mormons look at porn. And And it's photos of women in their bikinis, but it's bubbled (laughs) out. All the bikinis are like bubbled out. So all you see is their naked bodies, but you don't see any of their private parts, but it alludes that they're like naked. naked. It's convincing enough that your brain fills in all the pieces. Yeah. No, that was not a thing. (laughs) That's yeah. That's like, <laughs> it's a just, you took it straight, baby. You took it right <laughs> out of the spoon. Um, there was just the pure porn. That was it. That was all we had. On dial up internet, baby. Yep. So, yep. Yeah. And no, no really... bubble porn. I don't remember anything like that. Wow. Okay. That was a lie. Yeah. You'll have to look it up afterwards, but it was a meme. That's what it was. It was like Wait, look meme. it up with your wife too. That'll be yeah. like a fun little <laughs> right. date night Ooh, for you guys. Nice little foreplay going yeah. on. Yeah. Bubble porn makes more right. babies. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. No, have not heard of that even. That's crazy. Anything else? I want to ask like, like dirty questions. Of you course know? you do. Of like course the you worst, do. the worst sins, like how now, strict he is do did you know a lot of people who did anal before they got married because it's technically not sex right the poop hole loophole yep. yeah yep. oh i know that, yep. that's good right i no, i didn't know anybody who did that there's also this thing that apparently was very like common which was dipping you heard of this yes no yes so i think every <laughs> religious person is basically the same and we all think of the same sort of loopholes okay so yeah poop hole loophole is this one that's like well it's not strictly intercourse so and yes it is uh the other thing was this thing called i or or soaking i think they called it soaking I think that's what it was yeah where where the the male i'll tell you why I'm penetrates the female there's no pumping you just you just soak you're just soaking which is that a thing? Did people obscene. do that? Yeah, people apparently now not in my group, not in my group that okay. I knew of. Uh, and guess what? That's also intercourse. So yeah. you've, done it, <laughs> you've done it. And um, I don't I just don't understand these things where it's like, oh, that doesn't. Yeah, it counts. What about what like blowjobs? Right. Yeah, still. That's no. I mean, what about giving yourself a hand job? Right. So we call that, you know, masturbation or self-abuse, self-abuse. Right. Uh, And so it is definitely common. I mean, statistically, right. What is it like 99.9% of all teenage boys do that at some point definitely happens, um, but it's not encouraged. Right. So it's one of those sins that you should be talking to your Bishop about and seeking help to, uh, prevent not, or yeah, not or, even think those thoughts or yeah. stop. Right? Ugh, we've all had well, the and training. you know, in in my faith, it wasn't necessarily don't think those thoughts. It was you know, there are certain thoughts we have that we can't control that just happen. There, there's an animalistic nature to all of us that we're trying to overcome. So it wasn't like you're punished for having the thought unless unless you're like seeking the thought, right? 
But if you're walking down the street or if you're looking at bubble porn, if you have something, you know, that just comes into your head, you're not really judged for a choice you haven't made. You know what I mean? Uh, or for something that happens That's that you awesome. haven't chosen. I do remember that. That's yeah. awesome. I wish the Catholic no. Church would take that, take a note from that because literally I remember being in fifth and sixth grade and both years when we did the religious sex ed classes, yeah, yeah. they would be like, and if you think the thoughts, here are tools that you can use so that you sure. don't think those thoughts because those thoughts will send you straight to hell. <laughs> right. And, and so, I'm like 12 yeah. and I'm like, <laughs> what? Like, can't even, like, what are you talking about? Like, Girls never have those thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, I'm watching like Leonardo DiCaprio. I'm like, I'm not allowed to have thoughts. <laughs> watch no, this you just, movie. I mean, he was a great swimmer. Not that great, but uh <laughs> Yeah, so it's we had strategy talks as well, but it was about getting the thoughts out. It wasn't about the judgment as having the thought. It was like, here's some straight, you know, sing a hymn to get that thought out of your head, or <laughs> yeah. you know, go for a run, or uh, you know, read some scriptures. To you know what? You it from- also could have been that, and I just took it in the worst way. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. But, <laughs> could have uh, actually been that. And now that you're saying that, I'm like. Maybe that's what they were trying to say. <laughs> right, right. But maybe you had a really strict nun that was just like, no, if you even think that, you're bad. <laughs> Which I've heard that too. You know, I've heard Ugh. that too. There's, there was some terrible like youth lessons that happened in my faith kind of, you know, colloquially or generally. I never had these lessons. But one lesson was, was one that my sister-in-law had where – the 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 female teacher right comes into young women's class she's teaching a bunch of teenage girls and she has she, she's made a big deal you know like the week before she's like hey uh you know i'm gonna bring in a very special tea set we're gonna kind of have just a nice tea party next week and we'll talk about some things so she she makes this big to do about it she brings in this tea set on sunday and they are they're, you know, sitting there talking about scriptures and they're having a fun little tea set, right? A tea party in, in the, in the Sunday school class. And then the teacher drops a teacup and breaks it after explaining, like, this is an antique set that my grandmother gave me. She drops the teacup and breaks it. Right. And then is like, that is your virginity. I knew it. I I felt it coming and I was like, no. My my dad, my dad had a lesson. I mean, the, and the end of this lesson is like, I can put the cup back together again, yeah. but it is never going to be the same. Yep. So, you know, it's like, I guess physically, you know, the hymen's broken. That's not the same, but can you be forgiven completely for a sin of premarital sex? Yeah, you can. Right. Yeah. And, and it's like it spiritually, if you truly repent and are forget, it's like it never happened. Physically, there might be some issues, but spiritually, which is what really <laughs> matters, but that part wasn't hit home to the girls. It that's was just, right. you know. That's, that's actually the funny thing that you're talking about that is that the school district where I taught and where I was, where I grew up, basically, yeah. um, they started teaching second virginity, which is just what you're saying, that if oh, you make a pledge, man. you can reclaim yeah. your virginity. I'm like, in the school they're teaching that in the school and they were yeah i'm like that's not allowed there's a separation that's not occurring (laughs) but yeah very not in nevada 
No. Nope. You got detention for saying Jesus loves you no matter what. I mean, there was a lot more to it. Yeah, it was that very was in much science so. class. Yeah. Oh, right. Obviously. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was very bad. I just remember because like, like with one kid, I was like, hey, you know, like when you like don't study and you still pass the test, that's God. Wow. It was just like, sure. Like, I was just like, okay. whatever it took to sell it. And then I would like read like, yeah. um, whatever that love verses from Corinthians, I would like read that when my friends would be like, I don't know if I like this girl or not. I'd be like, well, love is kind. Love does right. not boast. Like I would read This is the explaining Bible. so much. And this is kind of like a really short side story, but I sold cars after I graduated college in Reno, Nevada. And uh-huh. I was selling a car to this family. This girl was in the back seat during the driver driving test. And she was around my age. And then I don't know how it came up, but I said something about, um, oh, she said she grew up in Fernley. And I was like, yeah. oh, did you go to Fernley High School? Duh. There's no other high school. Yeah, you went to Fernley right. High School. And I was like, oh, do you know Drew Schaefer? And he, she was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, that's my boyfriend. And she, she looks at me and she like looks at me and she goes down and up. And she goes, I mean, I guess people can change. <laughs> and I was like, oh, man. I was like what does that mean wow this is what it means yeah (laughs) that's crazy yeah that was thank god interesting (laughs) well good for you for changing drew i i guess yeah i i was annoying about it that's the thing i wasn't like easygoing he wasn't like a cool a cool religious kid like you You said you're a cool religious kid (laughs) i understand that (laughs) thank you thank you i understand you know i think I think that's that's uh, it's admirable, right? You're taking a stand, and it's like, no, this is the way that it is. This is yeah. the way that it is. And yep. if it brings you happiness, and if you're not, you know, bringing down other people, I guess, then great. Yeah, love it. I'm but, happy uh, he changed though, because he's uh because that was that sounded annoying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, people who are who are really into anything can be annoying. Right? Yeah, if. Mm-hmm. If you have a Star Trek fan in your group and you're like, hey, you know, Spock kind of sucks, it's not going <laughs> to be gonna fun. They're going to freak out. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to lose and their every mind. Every second, they're like, um, did you guys, I want to tell you guys about this new Star Trek thing. And you're like, no one here <laughs> right. cares about that. This is not yeah. your audience. Yeah. Yeah. Wrong place, pal. Wrong place. Yeah. <laughs> We're in church. Like, yeah. <laughs> see what I Come did on. there? It all I goes together. That. I love that. That's great. Uh, any other questions? Or no, did we, did we, you're now converted and that's it. We've done it. <laughs> gave you all the answers. I'm converted. I'm converted. After yeah. the, the, you guys don't punish people for having sexual thoughts. I, <laughs> right. Now, if you <laughs> that, act on them, then you're getting punished. Right, right, right. But, but we, we don't. We right. only have sex when we, or we're only going to have sex when we decide to procreate. Otherwise we both haven't even. Sure. You know, what's funny about that is there are people. Oh, did we lose you? Uh, so what's funny about that is that there are definitely couples that that believe that wholeheartedly that you can't have sex without in the Mormon church. Conceiving. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not a widely I, I should That's say how this. I was that too. is. That is not a widely held belief, but I have heard of people going in and confessing to their bishop about having sex and not conceiving. 
I've also Ooh, heard that's... about people having sex, couples having sex, and not getting all the way naked. So I, um, that's a, okay. That's some handmade. That's some handmade yeah. tale shit right there. That yeah. is not not widely yeah. held. Okay. I should say those are very, very crazy extreme <laughs> views that are not held or taught Do you guys get generally naked? at all. Oh yeah, every chance we get, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, just the way God made us. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's how you have to be in order to procreate is be naked. Like you yeah. came in the world naked, you yes. have to procreate naked. It's yes. the only good way yeah. to bring people into the world. That's it. <laughs> yeah. I wonder sometimes if heaven's just going to be a big nudist colony. I don't know. Maybe hey. we'll all be in our purest form. That'll be my hell. That will be my <laughs> hell. <laughs> well, I, I sincerely believe the afterlife is going to be one where everyone is most comfortable. So maybe there will be a never nude portion of heaven oh, just goodness. for people like you, Drew. I hope so. I really yeah. do. I hope that if there is a heaven that my boobs hang to the floor and I hope, wow. and I hope that I can like, yeah, why not? Let the titties fly, you know? I hope that they're my wings. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> you want to fly backwards? I never quite understood. Just like on my back, I, uh, I'll fly like laying, like basically oh, I, I, I lay down. kind of thing. Yeah, I lay down <laughs> and then my titties are just like. Sure. And I'm just like. Yeah. <laughs> like this is an angel. Can you That's imagine great. me? Like, oh, oh my God, both hands. <laughs> Oh my god! It's beautiful. I mean, there's a painting waiting to be done of that. Oh my god! I would love that so much. So Just, Just like a nice long mantelpiece painting. And what makes yeah. it better is that I am six feet tall, like six one. So my boobs would have to be a solid, like at least five feet. Yeah. You yeah. Know? I mean, that's... Or at least four feet. You know. Yeah. Right. Four foot right. long. <laughs> Anyways, this was so much fun. That's great, <laughs> guys. I, it's been so good to get to talk to you. Uh, this has been a great conversation. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Anything you want to plug before we say the formal goodbyes? Anything you guys got going on? Well, first off, thanks so much for having us. I was, I've been looking forward to be on this podcast since you told me about it back in 2019. So, Oh, my gosh. I know. <laughs> so long ago. Um, but thank you for having us on. Uh, for me, just my... Instagram Aurora saying Aurora like the Disney princess saying like every Punjab you've ever met and <laughs> <laughs> I post my upcoming shows on there I post daily funny videos and content so if you want to like laugh a lot that's pretty much where you would find everything um Drew and I are working on like a new project so that's where we put out the new uh, the announcement yeah. of when that's going to start um and then my TikTok is Aurora Sing with a one at the end because some took Aurora Sing and she just made a ghost account. No followers, no posts, can, nothing. Can we get you to replace Lily Sing? Could that happen? I would <laughs> be fine with it. I mean, okay. yeah, absolutely. Um, right, let's just put that out in the universe that yeah. Aurora Sing is fine. Very little would have to change about the show other than the ratings, which would improve. So <laughs> I'm, I'm for it. Um, yeah. Uh, Instagram Aurora Sing. I'm Aurora Sing on everything. You can find me on YouTube. I have a, a YouTube channel that's Aurora Sing, but it's called Health Actually. And it's basically about me being a fat girl living my best healthy life. 
Good so, for you. Oh, that's so fun. Thanks. That's great. That's it. beautiful. Nice. All right, Drew, um, where can people find you? What do you got uh, going on? Yeah, so Instagram and TikTok are the two that I'm trying to take off on. And I'm at Drew Schaefer Comedy at, on both of those. And yeah. Also daily funny content on both of those yeah. platforms. So we're just, we're trying. We're posting whatever we can find and all of our silly videos. Also, I just bought this new little uh, mini microphone. <laughs> oh, that's so fun. That's popped up in some of your videos already. Yeah, so I'm going to be um, slowly posting maybe some like at-home stand-up. Nice. That's great. <laughs> can be great. That's great. Yeah. But we'll be on the lookout for that. Yes. And definitely. you guys are in Sacramento. Is that yes. right? Yes. Sacramento, so, California. So Sacramento opening up soon. I mean, are you guys going to be back at the punchline up there? Or where, where are you guys going to be? Yeah, so I, yeah. Have a, I have a show in at the uh, Laughs Unlimited Comedy Club at the end of oh, April. It's a showcase yeah. show, so it's it'll be fun. Uh, yeah, sometime near the end of April. Same. And, yeah. yeah. Great. And, Laughs, and Laughs Unlimited is a local comedy club in Sacramento, and they've been pretty much open throughout the entire pandemic and have adapted really, really well. They do a silent comedy show, so it's outdoors and everyone gets headphones and you can just wow. hear the comedian talking. So it's like a silent disco, but a comedy show. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. amazing. Yeah. So if if you're listening and you want to come to Sacramento and watch a comedy show, definitely support Laughs Unlimited because they are she The owner of that club has been working so hard to keep comedians in business. And it's like, yeah, just a godsend. So yeah. we're very thankful that's for great. that club. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, I love it. You guys are two wonderful people, very talented comics. Thank, Thank you, you so much for taking the time to talk to me tonight. Thanks, Thanks for us. having us. Absolutely. All right. Well, you guys take care and uh, hopefully we'll see you both very soon in real life. <gasps> Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys have a good one. All right. You, you too. too. Bye.